0: This time on episode 293 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, episode 10, Leap, your weekly Marvel news, and your feedback.
1: I'm Kier from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows in the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mack McKenzie. Stand by for a SHIELD debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the SHIELD Director.
1: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP.
3: I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Lauren.
1: Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, July 21st, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast realm-wide via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Ice Cream Day.
3: Yay. Yay! I had some vanilla ice cream earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of going to get some mochi ice
0: cream after the podcast. Oh, mochi ice cream.
1: So I remember talking about this last year. So I looked up National Ice Cream Day because it's always the same day that we record on a Sunday. And it is the third Sunday in July every year, which is why we've been talking about it. Excellent. So, what kind of ice cream are you getting, Haley? Mochi ice cream. What is it a specific flavor? I
0: don't know what flavor yet. There's a giant cooler of it at the front of the Fry's grocery store next to my apartment. So I will get a, a sundry assortment of mochi ice cream.
1: Yum. Yes. All we have is vanilla in the house. And because I'm lactose intolerant, I might have a little bit, but yeah.
3: Well, I think yeah. mochi is a
1: coconut-based
3: Oh. rice or something like that. Okay, so mochi is actually made with flour, with rice flour. And then they wrap it around just a thing of ice cream oh okay so yeah you can make it you can wrap it around all sorts of different flavors of ice cream and i've made it before it's so good it's i made a huge mess when i was making it but it's uh i just i love mochi ice cream i went to vacation in hawaii once and it was in like every corner store so every time we'd pass the corner store i'm like <laughs> I need mochi
1: ice cream. That's why I've seen it before in Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii a couple of times. So that's where I've seen it. I was like, it sounds familiar. And uh, I've had soy ice cream before and it's okay. You know, for me, and better than nothing. So I do have options. Yeah. Anyway, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general.
3: Because of Body Swap Hangovers.
0: If you'd like to talk to us about your most recent Body Swap Hangover, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com.
3: You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871.
0: You can find our Facebook page where everybody is talking about their Body Swap Hangovers, Legends of Shield Podcast.
3: You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield.
0: You can see our videos on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And you can join our Discord server chat at GunnaGeek.com Discord.
3: And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com
1: network. Ladies, I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you've seen it, but we are now available on Pandora. Woo! Now, it's not on the desktop version. You got to go to the app version. But for our listeners who might be Pandora users, you can now get our podcast in Pandora. So if you've done that, let us know how you like it. And we will give our feedback back up the chain through Libsyn to Pandora and see what can be done there. Also, Agent Michelle is out again today. It seems like she's having so much fun that she decided that. She was going to continue to have fun doing the other thing instead of having fun here because it is fun for her to be here, but she's having fun at her other thing. So she is out for the week, but she sends her regards. And once again, she will get writing credit because she did the show notes. So thank you very much, Michelle. Meantime, let's get on to this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Leap. Leap aired on Friday, July 19th, 2019. By the way, this is Comic-Con weekend. We will talk about that later in the show. And Haley, who directed the episode?
0: The episode was directed by Gary A. Brown, who has six directing credits starting in 1985, including an episode of Who's the Boss, one of Walker, Texas Ranger, two of Prison Break and nine of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: As a note, Gary Brown was not on the panel at San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend, but he was singled out as being the director of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show and was asked to stand up by the cast and crew. So he got a round of applause from the hall of the panel. So that was pretty good. Lauren, who wrote this episode?
3: This episode was written by a familiar name, Drew Z. Greenberg, who has 12 writing credits starting in 2001. One of Queer as Folk, one of Firefly, six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Actually, for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he was also story editor for twenty-two episodes. Three of Smallville, fourteen of well, fourteen as supervising writer of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Five of actually written by, eight of Warehouse, thirteen, six of Arrow, and twelve written by. For Agents of Shield, he's also been a producer for things like Caprica, Dexter, The OC, Warehouse 13, Arrow,
1: and Agents of Shield. I'm well aware of his work over on Arrow via the Starling Tribune, and I can't wait for the next season, final season of Clone Wars to come out—the extra season that Disney just greenlighted—because that means I'm just going to have to watch the entirety of the series since I have not watched the Clone Wars yet. So, looking forward Woo! to that. Yeah, you're in for a treat. It's such a good show. This episode was titled Leap, and we often equate the title to the meaning of the show. Haley, what do you got for us this week?
0: Um, well, we saw Iselle leaping from one body to another, and we also saw Davis's unfortunate leap.
1: Oh moment
3: of silence. Moment of silence.
0: Or one out for our homie.
1: Definitely because he can't hold his liquor anyway, but yes.
0: Okay. So I thought he might have been dead at the end of last week's episode, and it was an unplanned weekend at Bernie's situation. Oh, no. But that was not the case.
1: No, we did get him. And honestly, he had some of his funny moments this week than he's ever had. I mean, he's had some good moments, but, you know, the puffy incident of 2019, that was pretty cool dialogue. So they gave him a lot in his last episode.
3: Since the beginning of the season, I thought he was going to die. Yeah. I'd say he went out on a high note, but too soon. Yeah, too soon.
1: So the actor was an agent in season four that died already. Really? Yeah. How did I? Wow. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. I was watching it on Twitter unfold, and they were saying, well, you died once before you can come back. So I think we've talked about it before when he, <laughs> he came back. He's an LMD. Yeah. Aww. He could be.
3: So I didn't get to watch it until this morning. And on Friday, I checked Twitter in the evening before I fell asleep. And I saw that Max Osinski, who played Davis, was posting about, oh, it was such a pleasure. And I was like, oh, oh, no, something bad happened. So I spent, I don't know, 48 hours just kind of dreading and then watched it. And I'm like, well, at least they did a good job and sent him off good lines, good action. So
0: it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does not often kill a main member of the cast, but what they like to do is at the beginning of the season, introduce several new characters to kill throughout the season to make the show feel like it has stakes. So my my hopes aren't high for Diaz either.
1: Right. If you haven't watched the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel from San Diego Comic-Con, which is available on YouTube, and there'll be a link in the show notes here. One of the things that they talked about was in their episode reads, often there is somebody that's died in the episode and they get a round of applause during the initial read through. And it happens almost every episode. They talked about Chloe Bennett talked about it and they were saying that it just happens all the time. So once you get called in, uh, it is the, the stereotypical conversation of, okay, thank you very much for your service. You're going to die. And they have pictures all up in the production trailer that the producers are in of all of the characters that have died in the show that are X'd out. And it's, it's usually a you, you go and you see it and you say, OK, you're in good company. Look at all these people that have passed away on the show. So it's usually a, a, an honor, sort of speak, to be called into the trailer to see the pictures. Although it means your your time on the show is over with. And
0: unless they're going to bring you back as a different character. Yeah,
1: it could. And Jeff Ward, actually, who's playing Deke, right? Yes. He was actually brought in to be, I believe the character was Vince, the guy that died right away, like in the second scene of the first episode of last year orientation. You guys remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. So there was those dogs, those alien dogs that were. Running.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Vince, I think it's character's Vin- name was Vince. Deke was actually cast as Vince. So he did the read through so well that they actually gave him a better part, which it was Deke. And they hadn't cast anybody yet. They hadn't found the right guy. And during the table read, they said, okay, we found the right guy. So they had to find somebody else to play (laughs) fence. All right. Coulson. Let's talk about Coulson. And Haley, let's start with you because you weren't here last week and you had a theory on Coulson that is probably not true anymore.
0: Right. So I had started to think like, we know that Coulson made a deal with Ghost Rider or some power above Ghost Rider, whatever. Uh, when the Ghost Rider arc was ending and wrapping up. And then that's what ultimately led to his death last season. So I was starting to think maybe part of that deal with Ghost Rider was that his body would continue to be used. Or especially when we saw that he wasn't dying after being shot. Like, I was like, oh, it's, it's got something to do with Ghost Rider. That's going to come back. And then that wasn't the case. We found out something else instead.
1: Well, you're on to something, actually, because... He is manifesting his Ghost Rider powers, so there, that's still part of him, and I don't know if it follows the actual body or if it follows his soul. I don't know how Ghost Rider's powers work, or the devil that made the deal with Ghost no, Rider.
0: He's not manifesting Ghost Rider powers. Yes, he
1: is. Did you not see no, the ending? Not.
3: Yeah, that's not Ghost Rider's powers.
0: Yeah, that's not what it is. it is. It's whatever the... So the thing they told us this episode, where it's like one of these entities is using this body that it found that's what the powers are that he has
3: yeah so it's him you see him and he's kind of forgetting whether or not he has a flesh hand or a mechanical hand that's what it is
1: oh see i thought his hand had turned to kind of flame in and out
3: no it's it's the hand kind of in a flux state of, is it flesh? Is it mechanical? And in the preview for next week, you see that a little bit when he slams his hand down on the table, and it's way stronger than it should be.
1: Okay. I, you know what? I don't think we talked about it this year. So he doesn't have his mechanical hand or, you know, he it's a real body, complete body. Yeah.
3: And we saw that yes. at the very beginning when he meets Deke and Deke stabs him through the hand. With his award, and he that's when he realizes this isn't Colson. Oh yeah. Okay. But then now we see as he's become less assured of his identity, he's starting to kind of flip back to the Colson state of things. Like he's he's in this weird flux state between Sarge and Colson, as he's because again, if Izel is to be believed. He's a non-corporeal being who latched on to the identity of Coulson after Coulson went into that fear dimension thing and adapted that shape for his own.
1: I wish I would have thought about the fear dimension last year as this whole thing was unfolding. I didn't, and I should have gone back and rewatched the episodes from last year, and I didn't just because I didn't have time. But it's almost obvious now that they're talking about it oh, this was a copy of Coulson made during last year with the monolith that was doing the creation. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer once you think about it, but we had all kind of been stumped over it. So,
3: Well, at the time when the whole Fear Dimension thing was going on, I remember thinking like, okay, cool, they're doing a horror movie thing, but what does this have to do with anything? This seems like it comes out of nowhere. It gives Fitz and Simmons a nice wedding, but what does it have to do with anything? And now we're seeing, oh, okay, it's the third monolith kind of asserting itself. And yeah, we have, again, that time-space creation thing. The creation was it sort of just kind of acting at random. And the interaction of these things is what propelled the Colson body, Sarge, back, I guess, through time and space onto another planet. We had talked about maybe him being from another dimension, but it seems, okay, he's from another planet because the the Shrikes had been going to different planets.
1: And just a long time ago.
3: Yeah, and he said he's like, oh, I've been around for like a hundred years. Okay, so maybe that's true. And it explains why he heals so fast because he's literally a thing powered by creation, which is funny because Izel seems to be this weird force of destruction. So it's, again, it's these two opposing forces.
1: In a way, I'm really glad that we got this season just because, well, A, we get more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but B, that third monolith was hanging over the heads of everybody, like, okay, what did that actually do? Remember, we went into this whole thing last year. What did it actually do? And we saw it with the sphere dimension, but it was never actually explored, right? So in a way, it's great that we had this extra season, and it is, in fact, an extra season. If you read the article that Jeff Loeb talked about, and we'll reference that in the news section, he said that a season five was going to be the end. And that's why they titled the ending episode, the end and everything. So we're just grateful that we got this far and we're able to explore the extra monolith and its powers and how it really relates to the show, how it affects the show and everything. I think it's great. The only detriment to this season is Dr. Benson was going to go look him up and then he's never been back.
3: That's another kind of hanging thing. The two hanging things that we have so far is Benson, who's off doing his own thing, and the Chromacons, which I think are going to wrap up the ultimate arc in season seven.
1: Well, it'd be nice seeing the Chromacons back because, well, you know, we like him.
3: Yeah, I like Enoch. He's fun.
1: So, Haley, do you see anything that is hanging over our heads other than... Dr. Benson and the comic Cons.
0: I feel like the comic Cons might even be back this season.
1: I think they will be because there was that post-credit scene a couple episodes ago about them. Yeah.
0: So we're going to have to have another wedding.
1: They were non-committal about it during the Agents of Shield panel by the way. Uh, there was some yes no questions and none of the answers were yes or no. And that was one of them. Are we going to get another wedding? And basically they ended up saying sure, why not, but it was never it wasn't a yes.
0: And so a last thing is like, I know we've got Mac as the director now, but I feel like the series might end with him deciding to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. and go off and be on a beach somewhere with his lady love. And now it's Daisy's turn to be the director of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: If she feels herself ready this time.
0: Well, I think she would be next time. Like, now she's been leading teams on space missions and stuff. Like, I think by the time series season seven ends, she'll be in a position to say, yeah, I'm ready to be in charge now.
1: Mac was really funny in the panel. Too by the way, because they asked him. So, what was it like coming on the show and the agents' fra- farewell? You know, with Adrian Palicki and
3: oh yeah, and
1: Hunter and and stuff. And he was involved in that just because they all came on the show together. And his funny reaction was, well, to tell you the truth, I didn't know a damn thing about the show when I came on, <laughs> and everybody kind of laughed. <laughs> well but yeah, he was serious. He didn't know anything about the show.
3: It's not like it's that popular of a show? Yeah, and. Honestly, if you're, I mean, if you're working, you, how much time do you have to watch all the TV?
1: Right. But the ironic thing about it is that he's now the director.
3: Right. It's like the character growth and the actor growth and just so proud of everyone.
1: Yeah, and talking about being proud of everyone, let's talk about Deke and Bobo's moment again because he is really reaching out to Bobo. Every chance he gets, Deke is trying to reach out to Fitz. And
3: yeah, this version actually there's a chance for them to actually like each other. For for Fitz to actually like him. And he wants that so badly. He has just you could see the abandonment issues there. And he's like, "Oh, I have a time to, I have a chance to get it right now." And it's, I mean, it's cute. It's a little sad. It's a lot funny.
1: And they were trying to have a, a conversation, probably wrong time, wrong place. And Deke mentions that Olson or Sarge made a mess out of his IPO, and Fitz actually put his hand on her shoulder, saying, "Oh, sorry, I heard about that." And it was halfway sarcastic, halfway grandfatherly concern, sort of thing. <laughs>
3: And again, it's these two people who have, neither of them are really supposed to be here. Deke is somebody, again, out of time and space. And this Fitz was supposed to go to the future. And instead, he ended up in this weird post-time loop thing where the other version of him that actually did go to future and saved everyone and died. You know, everyone knew that version of him. And this version of him is... Like I mentioned before, the previous save. So they kind of have this in common. So, hey, grandfather, grandson bonding. Also, there's now a timeline that
0: doesn't get saved.
1: By the way, talking about timelines uh, at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, Jeff Loeb was very specific. He said all of this happens before the events of Infinity War and Endgame.
3: Huh. Oh, my God. What if the series ends with the snap? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would suck. It
3: would. No, it's fine, because then in
0: five years they bring the show back. Oh, long game, <laughs> long game.
1: I could see that happening. It was okay. Azelle is going from person to person. She ends up in Yo-Yo's body and she goes into the plane. Plane takes off. Max on the plane. I don't know who's piloting the plane, but Davis is not. May is not. I don't know who else is authorized to fly the plane. Zephyr One, by the way, is the plane. How do you guys think about Azel in Yo Yo's body?
3: Very dangerous. I mean, Mac, again, he's smart. He kept Yo Yo and uh, Daisy separate for a reason. And yeah, they were trying to help, but ultimately, look where it got us all. You know, Max, like, I give you
0: one thing to do i told you stay in the house yeah
1: and of course they didn't they were just trying to help them and that's where they got caught
3: this is what happens when you try to help people
1: so do we keep calling colson sarge do we call him colson or do we call him patrick that's
3: i don't think that's how it's
1: pronounced how do you think it's pronounced
3: hold on i gotta look it up
1: it's it's p-a-c-h-a-k-u-t-i-q
3: Okay, it's Pachakutik. Okay. That sounds right.
1: What do you think we should be calling him right now?
3: Sarge. He wants to be Sarge. Okay. He's trying so hard to be Sarge. Like, he even, when when Izel was like, no, this is who you are, and trying to get his memories to come back, he, with such an effort, pushes that off, and is like, no, this is who I am. I have, you know, he's built his past I guess 100 years around this identity and yeah it's it's kind of painful to watch him question it
1: and we know for a fact that it's not Colson anymore so we can stop thinking that this might be a reincarnation Except of- it's
0: kind of built on Colson. yeah like he's Colson's memories are
3: in there if he can access them
1: his memories but I don't know if it's the same being
3: no it's not it's okay going back to like the whole computer thing it's a pr- it's a previous save, but you've added in all this new data on it, and it's this whole new entity okay he's he's spent a hundred years becoming his own thing built on top of the colson os
1: okay So, it's like making a character in Mass Effect 2 and then trying to port your character over from Mass Effect and your Shepard gets all screwed up in the process. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Finally came up with an analogy that works for me.
3: I'm bad at computer analogies. (laughs) I am a biology person.
1: But you played Mass Effect.
3: I have played Mass Effect and I know that bug.
1: All right. So, Haley, I'm going to throw this one over to you. So, we are... 10 episodes in, we got three left. What are your prognostications for the next three episodes?
0: Oh, <sighs> well, like I said, I think Diaz is going to die. Okay. RIP Diaz. Oh, what else is going to happen? I don't know.
1: Is Sarge going to kill Azell?
0: Yes, because she's the bad guy of the season and then he's going to become part of the team somehow because there's no way they're going to do the last season without Clark Gregg.
1: Yeah, he was on stage, but I didn't know if that in the panel if that was just courtesy or not. I, I haven't seen the casting for season seven. By the way, they are in the process of filming the last episode as we are recording right now. It's they're a year off in their production. That's yes. the way they have things set up.
3: Yep, got to give time for all those sweet, sweet special effects.
1: Yeah, it does. I will say the special effects this year have been really good. There haven't been any flubs like. Like the Ghost Rider, there was a couple of flubs with that. We, we were talking about special effects. There's only so much you can do when you're shooting an episode in eight days for special effects. But if you give a long lead time for everything, then you can push it out. Also, I heard of a show that was just transitioned from Fox to Hulu. You guys might know of it. It's mm, you know, a little the bit, s- yeah. space show, right? The Orville. Don't need to watch it. What I heard... And it hasn't fallen in the realm of me to watch it again. And for once again, for the new listeners, I have this rule just to save me time and aggravation is that I will not watch a show until it has had three successful seasons or the Orville has only had two seasons. And this is my little aha moment because it has been moved from Fox to Hulu. And I'm not sure what to think about that. That shows that have moved over within the three year period, whether I should start watching or not, I don't know.
3: Apparently, the reason for that was that um, Fox wanted them to be ready for a midseason premiere. They said, given the stuff we want to do, we're not going to be ready for that. They n- negotiated with the network and the network was like, OK, how does Hulu sound? And they're like, that is acceptable to us.
1: Yes. So that's what I was getting at was their production lead times are too long for network TV. So they needed to find another venue for that. And Hulu is what it is. And hopefully the show uh, still takes off. Adrian Palicki, who was on this show as Mockingbird, not Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is Bobby. a character over there. Yep. I If I watch that, I will watch the three main shows that she's been on. Friday Night Lights, this, and then The Orville.
0: Maybe Lance and Bobby will come back for uh,
3: the last season. Ah, that would be fun if Hunter and Bobby come back. Yeah, we got a little bit of Hunter, but... Yeah, we got a little bit, but we could get more.
0: We could could get more Bobby. That's what I care more more about.
1: Yeah. Give us Mockingbird. Have you been watching the Orville? No. Well, that's the way to...
0: I'm also not as much of a Trek fan as you are.
1: Well, once again, I'm not watching it, but if you're an Adrian Palicki fan, she's been over there for two years.
0: Eh, I'm a fan of Bobby in Agents of
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay.
0: So, I've also not watched her Wonder Woman pilot. Oh. Uh,
1: I haven't either. Is that available somewhere?
3: It's online. On the internet.
0: Uh, yeah. I
1: figure.
3: If you want good Adrian Policki, watch John Wick, the first one. She's fantastic in it. Oh,
1: she's in John Wick? Yes. Okay, I'm going to watch it when we get off She's
3: here. in the first one. Yeah. Ruby Rose, who plays Batwoman in the upcoming series, is in the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the third one has... So many, so many good people. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the John Wick series and all the assorted people. Okay.
1: So Lauren, what are your prognostications for the next three episodes?
3: I think Sarge is going to kill Iselle. I think Sarge is going to be sticking around. I think someone major is going to die. I don't know who. I think the Chromicons will be back in the last episode to drop the the sort of dangling plot thread that will bring us in the plot hook for the final season.
1: I'd love to see Agent Hill again. Haley and I talked a little bit about this in the Spider-Man podcast.
3: She is in a show that's also on NBC now. Uh, yes, ABC. which is also based. Oh, yes. And on ABC, which is also based on a comic.
1: Yep. Stumptown.
3: I don't think it's going to happen at this point. I think if they were
0: going to have Hill be a part of this sh- series, it would have been in like season two. And that oh, didn't it'll- happen.
3: If it happens it'll be a cameo. It'll absolutely be a cameo.
1: In the article I read that Jeff Loeb was interviewed on, they did mention are we going to see other people like Fury and Hill and something like that and he just kind of smirked, smiled and said just wait and see. You know, typical showman Jeff Loeb, you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. He didn't really come up with an answer. Well,
3: cuz he doesn't want to say no. Right. Oh, also, maybe we might get Ghost Rider back. I forgot to put this in news. But since it was mentioned and speaking of Hulu from earlier, we are getting uh the Ghost Rider series on Hulu with Diego Luna, with Gabriel Luna, sorry, different Luna, with Gabriel Luna, who played Robbie Reyes on Agents of Shield. And according to IO9, the series doesn't look to be connected to Agents of Shield, but I mean it's the same character.
1: Jeff Loeb in the panel. Well once again you you got to go out and watch the panel Jeff Loeb and the panel did uh, a credit Motencron specifically for enabling the Ghost Rider series.
3: Motencron is wonderful.
1: Yeah, she must have had something to do with setting up the the Ghost Rider, not just having Ghost Rider on the show, but actually enabling the new series.
3: It's a time of excellent representation. I'm so happy I feel like it
0: was probably very much her decision to use the iteration of Ghost Rider that they did.
1: I am again so happy. So next time we're going to be talking about Agents of Shield, season six, episode eleven, from the ashes. Once again, there's three episodes left, and then thirteen for next year. So there's sixteen episodes of Agents of Shield left. It's kind of a sad time for us on Legends of Shield. Also for Starling Tribune over there, for me, we have ten episodes left of Arrow. And so the countdowns are beginning. In the meantime, let's talk about some of that great news that we've been talking about all during the podcast here. All right, we have one heck of a doozy of a news segment, all Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. related. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is the MCU. What do we got on that, Lauren?
3: Oh, my God. So much. I was actually going to suggest we talk about the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel first, because so much happened during the Marvel panel. So, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, SDCC was this weekend and literally all the news happened.
1: All of it. Which you would expect at San Diego Comic-Con. And Marvel was there to play this year. They were not there last year. But they did drop Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. They did a retrospective during the panel. They did clips from each of the the five years. It was deemed as a celebration of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which leads me to believe they will not be back at San Diego Comic-Con next year. So this was the last time the cast would be out on the main stage at San Diego Comic-Con. And it was heartfelt and chokeful for a lot of them because they had literally the day before done the final table read for the final episode. Oh man.
0: That also makes me think that we're going to get an earlier premiere date next year. Cause then they're planning on being wrapped up by comic-con and not need to promote it.
1: Well, it be the same time in the se- So to be last three episodes. Also who knows if Marvel's coming back next year or not? Cause they did skip last year.
3: Yeah, it seems like this year they had a really big slate because they're promoting phase four. But yeah, they talked about how we mentioned before, oh, it sounds like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is ending with season seven. Well, it's confirmed. And Jeff Loeb said, when you know that's what you're doing, you can take greater risks of life and death. Those kinds of decisions suddenly now are real on the table because you're not playing, how do we undo this when we get to the next season? You're playing that this is going to be the end of the story. And yeah, it's always kind of a thing when a show that you like, you find out it's going to be ending. I feel like I mentioned this in some of the group texts that we were sending each other, but I feel like we've been predicting the end of the show every year since season three. And we have, I'm so glad that we've had so much of it and that it's been so good You know, there's been the occasional misstep storyline that I didn't really feel for as much as the others, but I feel like I say this every single time the show comes back. I always forget exactly. It's like, oh, I know I like these characters. Oh my God, I forgot exactly how much I love these characters. And every year it's that same thing. And I'm going to miss it when I no longer have them.
1: So after the last episode, I was like, okay, how many two-part episodes really were there because I remembered more than what we talked about, Orientation 1 and 2, and then the two-parter we just had. There were three. There was also SOS, Part 1 and Part 2. Oh, yeah. But then there was the ending of, I believe it was Season 3, where there were two episodes that were very similarly named. And you could consider those a two-part ending. It was Absolution and Ascension. And it was the end of season three. So you might say there's a total of four two-parters. I
0: think they aired them on the same night too, didn't they? I think so. They did.
1: It was May 17th, 2016. Good memory, Haley. Yep. So there were a total of three confirmed two-parters and then that one that was aired back to back, basically. Uh, So yeah, the show is great to have that many two-parters over the course of of six years, and each one of those are memorable and good. I just didn't remember how many there were last time around. And just like you were saying, Lauren, every time the show comes back, you're like, oh, I forgot how good this really is. And for a non-superhero superhero show, it's hands down the best, in my opinion, that's on TV right now. We could argue which one might be better, but I think this one is better when you consider the storylines, the care that's gone into it, and the potential crossover or real crossover in the case of Coulson himself with the actual movies that are being filmed as well. All right. So that's the agents of shield panel agents of shield news. Now let's okay. flip over to the MCU. Lauren.
3: <laughs> so last night was the MCU panel and it's currently, I believe Marvel just put it up a little before we started recording on YouTube. I'm going to have to watch it later I'm pulling up the thing on io9, everything we learned from Marvel's Hall H panel, and let's go through this item by item.
1: Hold on wh- one second. Dave Dawson, who does the Intellectuals podcast on the guineageek.com network, was in the room during this.
3: <gasps> oh, oh, man. I could not imagine the energy that must have been going through there because I was flipping out enough here. I actually started to hyperventilate, and Scott was worried I was going to pass out. Let's start with the Black Widow movie. So, the things that we have confirmed first of all, it's going to be the kickoff to phase four. It's going to involve, well, we have again confirmed, directed by Kate Shortland, written by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson. The film is going to take place, I think it, they said partially after the events of Endgame, partially after the events of civil war i think they said i couldn't be misremembering but anyway she's going to be joined uh scarlett johansson as natasha romanoff it's going to be joined in the new film by rachel weiss as a character named melina david harbour as red guardian who is like the soviet equivalent of captain america florence Pugh as yelena belova who I just saw in midsummer, and she is a fantastic actress. And I'm really looking forward to this. And Ray Winstone, and it will premiere on May 1st, 2020. Thoughts?
1: Haley's impressed. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I have concerns over the next Thor movie.
3: Well, okay. Let, let's go title by title. Okay,
1: Black Widow. Black Widow, completely late to the game, but always great to see. And because she wasn't in the final battle for Endgame, I'm going to be grateful to see her on the big screen a little bit more. And you can't argue with the movie. I just think, again, a little late in the game.
3: Yeah. uh, The uh, explanation that I saw given by Kevin Feige was that Oh, now she's like a fully rounded character who's getting her own movie, which didn't stop them from making things like, you know, Doctor Strange and, you know. Yeah,
0: usually what you do is
3: you give them their own movie to make them a fully developed character. Yeah, so weak explanation there, but at least we're finally getting it. Anyway, next film that was announced in line, The Eternals, created by Jack Kirby at Marvel after he left New Gods behind at DC. They seem to share some of the same DNA, creatively speaking. The Eternals are immortal cosmic beings who often resemble characters from Greek mythology. It's going to be directed by Chloe Zhao, written by Matthew and Ryan Firpo. And the cast includes Angelina Jolie as Cersei, Salma Hayek woo, as...
1: Jolie isn't playing okay, Cersei. Actually, there's
3: been oh, an update. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Angelina Jolie as Athena, aka Athena. Salma Hayek as Ajax, Brian Tyree Henry as Phaestos, Richard Madden as Icarus, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, just this huge, long cast list.
1: It's going to start shooting next month and will premiere in November of 2020.
3: Yes. So thoughts on this one? I have no
0: preconceived notions of what this movie is going to be.
1: Neither did I, but we both thought that we were getting this movie prematurely when we were watching Spider-Man Far From Home.
3: (laughs) I really like the cast, so I'm going to give it a shot. Next, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So Shang-Chi is from the Bronze Age of Comics, dubbed the Master of Kung Fu, and this will be the first Asian-led film from Marvel. The film will be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, and David Callaham will be writing the script.
1: We're going to get the real Mandarin.
3: Yes, the real Mandarin. Shang-Chi will be played by, I'm very sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name,
1: uh, Simu Lu. It's okay if you mispronounce it, he's Canadian.
3: Yes, who is one of the stars of Kim's Convenience, which you can watch on, I believe, Netflix. And uh, he was only cast on Tuesday after performing his screen test on the Sunday before. So he literally just found out this week. And there's an amazing tweet that I retweeted from like last year of, hey, Marvel, hit me up to play a superhero. And then on right off the panel, okay, Tony Lung will be playing the real Mandarin, you know, the Ten Rings, the whole Ten Rings organization that we first learned about in the Iron Man movies. Tony Long, by the way, is an actor I adore. He's in some of my favorite movies: Hero, Red Cliff. He's in Hard Boiled, which is the movie that The Departed is based on. And Aquafina will also be in the movie in an as yet unannounced role. So amazing! It's really rare to have an American movie with a majority Asian cast, and an asian male romantic lead okay the past couple of years crazy rich asians always be my maybe you're starting to see this and now we're actually getting asian superhero hopefully in a not it's in the hands of asian directors asian writers asian cast members so hopefully we'll actually have this in a really cool way and not like the skeevy way that we used to get back in like you know, the 70s and 80s a lot of the times.
0: Yeah. Uh do you think it's gonna be a period piece or set in present day?
3: I don't know. I really hope it's set in present day.
0: But I could see how it could lend itself to being a period piece and maybe taking place before Iron Man.
3: Yeah, I honestly don't know. I kind of really hope it's set in present day, but at the same time, I don't know. And I do kind of hope we get Trevor Slattery back just because I love Ben Kingsley's performance as Trevor Slattery so much.
0: It was pretty fantastic.
1: You will never see me (laughs) come in.
3: So that will premiere February 12th, 2021. We also have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And this will be Marvel's first attempt at something more akin to a horror film. Director Scott Derrickson is returning. He also did the first Doctor Strange movie. And the events of the TV show WandaVision will tie directly into the strange film, and Elizabeth Olsen will be appearing as Scarlet Witch. It will premiere on May 7th,
1: 2021. I am not a big fan of horror. And believe it or not, I'm not a huge Cumberbatch fan either. But his portrayal of Doctor Strange was pretty good. He's been a key actor in the MCU since he came into it and he is single-handedly responsible for me to never ever drive while looking at my cell phone
3: yeah i love horror doctor strange is something that could lend itself very well to horror uh there was a run on the comics i think that started maybe two years ago i don't remember who's writing but i remember chris Bacciolo was on the art and it was this extremely trippy Occasionally creepy art, and the story was a lot of fun. There's this whole other world that you're not seeing. And again, we're getting the whole multiverse concept.
1: Right. And the other thing is, in all these announced movies, there isn't one that's a big get everybody together movie. There's not a, an Avengers style flick in these 10 or 11 projects that were announced.
3: Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get that again. I think we're, probably it's it was such a huge undertaking i'd be surprised if we get that again i think it's when probably going to be more of i
0: was gonna say i think you need to take the time to like build up your hero teams again because yep
1: i agree they're
0: yeah. kind of torn up a little bit at the end of end game i
1: could see them like going after like a galactus sort of villain in the future I think that would
0: be after i mean we'll get to it but it would have to be after the introduction of the fantastic four
3: Yeah, I think uh, what we're going to be getting for a good long while is people popping in and out of each other's movies, but not necessarily a big team up. So next we have in the escalating scale of things that made Lauren scream. We have (laughs) Thor Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi was announced. it, It was. okay. let me try again. I'm just too excited. I'm stumbling over everything. Taika Waititi announced on Tuesday that he was returning for Thor 4. And on Hall 8, she showed up along with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. And Tessa Thompson quipped that now that she's king, she'll need to find her queen. They did confirm that, yes, Valkyrie will be LGBT. Pretty sure because they have tried to say, yes, she's bisexual on screen before that they made them cut it. They're actually going to be doing that this time. And then Natalie Portman showed up with Mjolnir. We are getting Jane Foster Thor. They're going to be basing at least part of this on the Jason Aaron run from, I guess, 2014. And I'm so excited. I am so very excited. Guys, I'm so excited. She will be playing Thor. I'm so excited. Everyone was so happy. I'm so excited. I
0: feel, like, I feel like it must be really fantastic to make Natalie Portman come back. Because as far as I re- remember hearing, the rumblings was she was not happy about the way her character had been served.
1: Yes. I was thinking the only reason that she took the casting to begin with was A, it was the MCU and it was making a lot of money at the time. And B, that she knew that ultimately she could become Fem Thor.
3: No, so I don't know she, that, that. She but, wanted to be someone who was smart like Jane Foster she was smart she had an active part in the story and then in Thor 2 she was the damsel in distress and she's like I don't want to do that again yeah
0: I'm looking forward to that that actually looks really fantastic
3: yeah and then somebody on Twitter pointed out oh my god just I know this is already going to be awesome but just imagine Natalie Portman getting super jacked for this role (laughs) and y'all
0: I could see her doing it. Like I'm, she was willing to shave her head for V for Vendetta. So I'm just
3: imagining Natalie Portman with the super buff shoulders and <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> There's other movies happening too, Lauren. Get yeah, okay. And then we're also getting Captain Marvel 2, which doesn't have a name yet. Black Panther 2 also does not have a name yet. Guardians 3, Fantastic Four. They're going to be rebooting Fantastic Four. We're going to eventually be getting, Kevin Feige said, we are going to be introducing mutants into the MCU. And as I was saying, like, oh my God, we're not even to the end of, you know, the time yet. All of a sudden, I see the thing on Twitter that this is what made me hyperventilate. Mahershala Ali, Cottonmouth, appeared on stage to announce he'd been cast as Blade. We're getting a Blade movie, you guys. Mahershala Ali is such a fantastic
0: actor and everything. He seems old for the role, though.
3: Okay, so apparently what he did was after he'd gotten, you know, his second Oscar win, he went to Marvel and was like, hey, guys, I want to be in a movie. Can I be Blade? And they're like, yes, please. Let's do this. And I'm so happy. I love the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. And I love the character. And I have such fond memories of being, you know, a tiny little high schooler watching all the Blade movies. And I love Mahershala Ali. And I'm just, I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm just so happy. And yes, Blade was Marvel's first successful movie. And that's the reason why we got X-Men. And that's the reason why we got Fantastic Four. That's the reason why we got Iron Man. And I'm so excited. And yeah, we got the announcement. We also got the announcement of the TV shows. Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's gonna be coming. Baron Zemo is confirmed gonna be in it. It will premiere fall 2020. WandaVision, gonna be tying in with Doctor Strange, but also. Tayona Paris, who was in Spike Lee's Tyrack, was in the movie version of *Dear White People* with Tessa Thompson. Will be co-starring as adult Monica Rambeau from, you know, the Captain Marvel movie. Loki, that one will premiere in 2021. Loki will be premiering spring of 2021. That one, the there's been some scuttlebutt, like some like ah, oh, I don't really like the logo. Somebody pointed out because this was focusing on the Loki who stole the Tesseract in in Avengers Endgame, every letter in that logo is stolen from another Avengers movie's logo. And What If will be the first animated show. Jeffrey Wright will be the voice of the Watcher. And we've confirmed that, yes, Haley Atwell, the first actor confirmed for the series, will be returning as Peggy Carter in the What If Peggy Carter was Captain America first episode. Natalie Portman will also be reprising her role as Jane Foster. That one will premiere summer of 2021 and Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner showed off an animated teaser for Hawkeye, which will focus on him training another hero with no powers, Kate Bishop. Ah! No, (laughs) no casting there yet, but the show will appear on Disney plus fall of 2021. Y'all I am so happy. What did I do to deserve this? Because I will do it all over again. If I get more of this. I'm so happy
1: you paid for 23 movies and you podcasted about all of them and a six series agents of shield show. And yeah, you were contributing to the fact that this all happened because of that, Lauren, it's all because of you.
3: This is like my childhood. Like again, Marvel is my second big fandom after star Wars. This is like all of my childhood dreams right here. I'm so happy.
1: Aren't you waiting for that star Wars Marvel crossover?
3: I mean, the comics exist.
0: Yeah, they do. I'm so happy. I'm so happy.
1: Haley. what was your favorite moment of everything? Was it Thor or?
0: I think that might be the thing I'm most looking forward to at this point based on the information we have at this time. But, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Given that Thor is a May release in uh, 2020 or 2021, uh, given that it's a May release, May 7th, I believe. I would say that that was probably their big movie of the year that they want. So I don't know if we're talking a billion dollar movie or not, but I think that's what they want out of it. don't know if I'll get it or not. I hope they do. We'll see.
3: (sighs) I'm just y'all. I'm so, I'm so happy.
1: (laughs) So we're not done with the news yet. We are going to announce here, not exclusively because it's been reported other places, but, If you haven't been paying attention, Avengers Endgame is now the number one movie of all time, box office wise. So, Haley, congratulations. You got it.
0: (laughs) It took a blatant cash grab to get there, but they got it.
3: (laughs) I saw a thing on Twitter that was like, congratulations to Disney for beating out their competitor Disney and their other competitors, Disney and Disney.
1: (laughs) Seven out of the top 10 are Disney movies. All time. That's pretty good
0: give it time they'll knock those other ones out of there or buy up those
1: studios yeah there's something to be said about competition though not in disney's mind <laughs> not in the comic book era that's for sure cuz warner brothers all screwed up and sony needed marvel's help to get in there so
0: i finally saw Shazam isn't it fun I enjoyed it. i'm looking forward to the next wonder woman that's ah yeah
1: if you haven't paid attention to my instagram i did buy the steel case but i have not watched it yet of oh, shazam I have seen Wonder Woman. All right. Any more news, ladies? Any late-breaking things out of San Diego Comic-Con that we just have to talk about?
3: Not about Marvel. There's so much that came out of Comic-Con this year, but Marvel-wise, I'm all tapped out.
1: All right. Because she is all tapped out, and I know Haley wants to go and eat her ice cream, we are going to body hop this one out. We are thanking you, our listeners. We do have a bunch of new subscribers on the show. We want to thank you very much for hanging in there with us and enjoying the ride with us. If you want to reach out to us and let us know how you found out about the show, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through all the ways that we talk about at the beginning of the show. And thank you very much for listening all the way through.
3: Thank you so much for checking us out. Thank you for reaching out to us. We didn't have time for feedback today because there was just so much out of Comic-Con, but rest assured that we see it. We love it. Thank you guys so much.
0: And thank you to everybody at Comic-Con that has shared their experience there this weekend. Uh, It's not really realistic for all of us to go there every year or any years sometimes, but we appreciate enjoying your experience vicariously.
1: Yeah, I was at my comic book store, my local comic book store this week, picking up my couple of issues that came out this week because it was a light week because San Diego Comic-Con and everything. And we were talking about, you know, going out to San Diego Comic-Con. And I was asking everybody in the shop if they were planning on going and they're like, are you kidding? It's like $5,000 for us to get out there. When you consider the plane tickets, the tickets to the place itself, the hotel rooms, the rental car, if you need one, it's it's pricey to get there from here.
0: It's it's not even price alone. It's like just getting the tickets is hard.
1: Yeah, you can't scalp oh, yeah. them either. Yeah. All right. So, yes, thank you very much for sharing your San Diego Comic-Con experiences, especially I want to give a shout out to Dave Dawson over on the Intellectuals. It's another podcast on the guineageek.com network. They do have a San Diego Comic-Con specific episode about their experiences there and specifically their experiences in Hall H. So if you want to hear... From somebody that was there in the room, go check out the latest episode of The Intellectuals.
3: The room where it happened?
1: This time, (laughs) yes. So until next time, I'm Director SP.
3: I'm Agent
2: Haley. I'm Agent Lauren.
1: See you guys next week as we talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or GunnaGeek. Agents of Shield is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: My mom's apparently adopting a kitty.
1: Oh, it's nice to have an extra sibling.
0: Well, it's weird because last time I talked to her, she was like, no more animals. Like, Bandit, who is their dog, is my last one.
1: Yeah, I would prefer not to right now, but the sting of the last one is is still very much in my mind
0: yeah well the last cat was actually my cat moya who I, who was mine when i was in high school and who i wanted to take to college with me once i got an apartment and i had said that and then my parents got shade and were like here we got you a cat for you to take to college And i was like oh what i had said is i want to take my cat to college mm. not just a cat but they kept her and then so they had her like she lived to be old And then, you know, when she was old, she was sickly because that's what happens with old cats. So she was like peeing and pooping all over the house. And my mom said no more cats after that. But I guess things changed.
3: I'm here. Hi. My tea is bright blue. Mm -hmm. It's this like lemon ginger pea flower tea. And the pea flower turns it bright blue.
1: It's very cool. How do we want to get this one out? Like, Sneeze this one out? Okay. Bless you.
3: He's like, body hop this one out. Okay.
1: So a uh, coworker is getting married uh, to a woman who's American, uh, born American, but her parents are from India. Mm-hmm. And so they're very traditional Indian. In the, what do you call somebody? A Hindu? A Hindi, I guess? Um. If they
3: uh, believe in Hinduism, yes.
1: Well, yes. So they're very traditional Hindi, and so he sneezed once in the office this past week, and I was like, "So, wh- wh- what did the Hindi say?" Because he's trying to learn their customs so that he could be wor- more welcome. That I mean, he's had an uphill battle as it is, but he wanted to be more welcome. So I was like, "What do you say?" And he's like, "I have no idea." So I looked it up, and it is, "May you live a hundred years." Is the <laughs> Blessing that you give, of course, in Hindi, which I cannot pronounce, but that's the blessing. I was like, hmm, that's a lot like Vulcans. Live long and prosper. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Broadcast has been successfully terminated by Ezel.
2: Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.